So there's this uh, camp, this Catholic sports camp, it takes place every uh, every every year uh, out in uh, SUNY Farmingdale. It's usually the I guess the last week of June, right at, right after school gets out. It's called uh, Camp Christ, and it's uh, has baseball, softball, and uh, basketball guys and girls. Uh, junior high and high school. It goes for three days, and uh, I'm told they have like some of like the best trainers and coaches uh, around that are that are part of this camp. Um, my involvement um, for the last maybe ten years or so has been sort of as the chaplain. I the day begins with mass, so I'll I'll celebrate the mass. Uh, and then they'll go off and they'll do drills and eventually games. Uh, they have lunch. Then after lunch, they'll have uh, a speaker. And it's always, almost always uh, some athlete, some usually a pro athlete. Uh, maybe they're now retired, uh, but they'll come back and they'll talk about their career. But really, really, they talk way more about faith uh, than their career. I mean, it's called Camp Christ. Um, this past June, uh, Tim Tebow was, spoke, and uh, it was pretty cool. I met him. Um, I really respect him. I, I always have for years. He's, uh, if you don't kind of know the, de- his, the details of his life, he's a, a former NFL quarterback, uh, had an amazing college career. He won the Heisman, uh, won two national championships, played in the pros for a couple of years, and then... <laughs> Uh, and, then he, and then he played for the Mets, the Met, or the Mets minor league system for about five years. So he's just uh, kind of ridiculously, a incredible athlete, just an amazingly talented guy. And as great as his, uh, you know, on the field performances, um, I think his, uh, what people know, know him for most or respect him most is his faith. Um, he just... He talks about it, always has. He's always been very, uh, very courageous, very kind of transparent about his uh, relationship with Christ. His parents were missionaries. So from the start, this has been a part of who he was in his life. Um, and I think he really sees Jesus as the priority of his life. Um, you may remember back when he was in college, he, uh, you know, the... Uh, you know, the eye black that athletes put under their eyes, it's either, either tape, black tape, or like the sort of black grease. It's to keep the glare of the sun out from their eyes. What he used to do is he'd put the tape on, and then like with white magic marker, he'd write Bible passage verses. The most famous one was, was John 3.16. Apparently, uh, when that one went, on, went up uh, on his face, they say that it was Googled 90 million times by people watching him, people watching the game. And he used that. You know, he would put different ones on uh, each week. And he did it very intentionally. It was like, let me get people, <laughs> let me get 90 million people to check out this Bible verse. Like, what a great, what a great tool. Um, and I think he just kind of sees that as his purpose. Um, let me use sports to bring people to Jesus. 
You know, his talk was really good. Uh, he talked, it was very you know, smart. He talked about cool sports stories, playing college ball, uh, certainly playing in the pros, even, even being with the Mets. Um, but that was really kind of to get their attention, to kind of pull these kids in. I mean, every kid at a sports camp wants to hear a, a former pro athlete speak. So he did that, but then he would always sort of, that was like a way to get them to listen. And then he'd talk about being a great person, the challenge of being a, an honorable person, being a person of faith, being a person of prayer, and not really uh, you know, apologizing for it. And I just think he uses, he sees sports as kind of a vehicle to do that, and that's completely the reason for this camp. Like, let's let baseball and you know, softball and basketball almost be like a, like a passport, like a key to getting to Jesus. I think ultimately the message of the camp, and I think Tebow's message was, and, and all of these athletes when they come and speak, is basically this, or some version of this. Baseball matters, but Jesus matters more. Softball, basketball, and you know, whatever ball, they're all a big deal, but Jesus should be the biggest. Like, Jesus should be the biggest deal. And when we make him the biggest deal, everything kind of falls into place. All the other big deals in our life, like, we do better with them when we make Jesus most. Kind of this parable, really. It's, kind of, it's, it's exactly this parable. Figure out what matters most to you. And then sell everything you got in order to get that thing that matters most. And then, you know, it's not literally sell everything you got. He wasn't really talking about, well, it was the, 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 uh, the verses where uh, when he finds that pearl of great price, he goes and sells all he has and buy it. And he buys it. Uh, this beautiful pearl, this buried treasure. When you find that and you realize this is it, this is most important, sell everything else. So again, literally sell everything else? No. Is he literally talking about a pearl or buried treasure? No. He's talking about himself. He's like, make me the treasure. Make me the pearl. And the sell of everything else means just make everything else less important. Not unimportant, but less important than me. You know, when I was, when I was in, uh, well, I was after college, when my, my, my buddies, my friends and I, we were all, uh, you know, the first year, two, maybe three years after college, uh, I remember we kind of went through this period where um, it seemed like none of my friends, or at least very few of them, had a, a serious girlfriend uh, right after college. You know, maybe one or two did, but it seemed like most didn't. And uh, during those years, everybody was working. So for the first time, we were kind of making some money. And uh, it didn't have a lot of commitments, so we were like kind of doing fun stuff. We'd go to, uh, my friends would, they'd rent a, they used to, every summer they'd rent a place out in the Hampton Bays. In the winter they'd rent, uh, you know, ski places up at Hunter Mountain. I was in the seminary at the time, so I didn't, I didn't have any money, so I just freeloaded on these guys. I just kind of would crash on floors and couches of these, these rented places. Um, but it was just kind of a fun time. 
And that went on for a few years, I guess, and then something happened. Not overnight, but in a matter of maybe a couple of months, certainly within a year, uh, guys started getting engaged. And then things began to change. It was like, all right, I'm not gonna rent the, I don't think I'm gonna do the Hamptons next summer. I gotta get a ring, (laughs) you know. Or we're getting, you know, we're starting to make plans for the wedding and, you know, I can't be hanging out with the boys all the time. And they didn't quite say that, but that's where it was going. Um, It's like their priorities shifted, right? Like they found a greater pearl. It's like, you know, the boys are fun, but somebody I want to spend the rest of my life with, well, that's that's more important. (laughs) No offense, but that's a greater pearl than than the boys. Doesn't mean the boys don't matter, it's just that she matters more. And then, I don't know, then a couple of years after that passed and kids started coming. And priorities shifted again. Maybe, maybe the couple now is like things they were doing before there were kids. You know, they were going out to dinner a little bit more often, maybe where they were de- going on vacation. That kind of had to shift now because there was, a, there was a baby at home. A greater pearl showed up. Priorities shifted again. I mean, that's, that's good, right? That's the way we are. Hopefully that's the way things operate. Friends are important, but man, you like your spouse is more important than your friends and your kids, I guess, would be more, more important than, I don't know, spouse or at least comparable. That's all good. It's this parable almost. But the parable concludes with, yeah, but I've gotta be, I've gotta be the greatest pearl. You gotta make me as, as important as those pearls are, if you make me most, you'll be the best parent, you'll be the best spouse, you'll be the best friend, if you make me most. It's the reason for that camp. It was Tim Tebow's message. You know, I was on a a plane, uh, I guess about a year ago, and I was was watching this documentary and it was about the, uh, the Manning family. Football players, Peyton Manning, Eli uh, Manning, NFL quarterbacks, and their father, Archie Manning. He played for the, uh, the Saints back in the 70s, played for about 13 years. They're like this football dynasty. And they've got a, they've got a nephew and a, and a grandson, apparently, who's just signed some college team. He's supposed to be amazing. So it's like another generation's coming. They're just this uh, really interesting family. The statistics were crazy, especially Eli and Peyton, especially Peyton. He's a Hall of Famer. But between, between these three NFL quarterbacks, they got five NFL MVPs, six Super Bowl appearances, four Super Bowl wins, three Super Bowl MVPs, Hall of Fame, like crazy stats. How could this all be in one family? You make, a, you make a documentary about it, but you know what's interesting? I think what they focused more, even more than on, than on than those stats, was this family, their values, and their priorities, their faith. They talked a lot about their faith They just seem to have it so together, this family. 
You consider how much, how famous they are, how much money they've got. Like you never hear like gross stories about them. You never hear, you never hear scandal stuff about them. They're all married, they've all got kids. They've all been married only once. It's like they all, they just seem to be so dialed in, so balanced, so centered. This documentary just kept talking about their faith. Like have they just made the greatest pearl God? And in the course of doing that, like life is good. Yeah, and if you happen to be in a, play in the NFL, I guess it's even better because now you got a, a ton of money. But even the ton of money, it's like, yeah, that's not most important. If I make that most important, then I'm gonna become an idiot. My marriage probably will blow up and I probably will be in the, in the papers because of some stupid thing I did. But if I make God the pearl, listen to this, this is what Peyton said. He was the best of them all, the greatest of them all. You know, one of the great quarterbacks ever. He goes, for me, generally, generally it's always been about the big four, faith, family, friends, and football. As important as, as, important as football is to me, it can never be higher than the others. My faith has been number one since I was a kid. Some players get more vocal about it. Some, some point to heaven after scoring a touchdown and they praise God after games. I have no problem with that, but I don't do it. And I don't think it makes me any less a Christian. I just want my actions to speak louder. I've been blessed having so little go wrong in my life and being given so much. I pray every night, sometimes long prayers, about a lot of things and a lot of people. But I don't talk about it or brag about it because that's between God and me. And I'm no better than anybody else in God's eyes. But I consider myself fortunate to be able to go to him for guidance and I hope and pray I don't do too many things that displease him. I believe too that life is much better and freer when you're committed to God in that way. There's more than football. He calls it the big four. Faith, family, friends, and football. As important as football is to me, he says, it can never be higher than the other three. Maybe that's why they seem to have it together. <laughs> you know, we've had, over the last couple of years, um, with the confirmation program we have, kids making confirmation, Eighth graders usually, you know, we got requirements, things you, you know, you kind of have to do in order to be prepared to receive a sacrament. We've added uh, going to mass. It seems like it should be kind of a, a no-brainer, right? You're, you're, gonna, you're making a sacrament. Shouldn't you be practicing your faith? Um, but, you know, sadly, a lot of people aren't. They kind of want to, I think, check the sacrament box. It's kind of become maybe more cultural than and religious. So we've said, listen, there's got to be like a certain minimum number of masses that you got to go to. You know, shouldn't, shouldn't the minim, minimum number of masses be 52? Like once, once a week we have to go to mass? Like it ought to be that. It's kind of sad. It's not. You know, we've kind of dumbed it down and it's at least a start to start to communicate to people. Like, come on, you got you to be on board with this. This isn't a magic show. 
Like you gotta be, you gotta, you gotta engage in this stuff. Um, so it's like not even twice a month throughout the course of the year when you add all, all up that we require. And we've had, we've had families check out. They've said, um, we're, not gonna, we're not gonna do it because the hockey travel team that my kid is on, my kid plays lacrosse, my kid wrestles, whatever, whatever it is. And I just, we, we can't swing it. So they're not gonna make the sack. Like they'll make it sometime later in high school. Really, you think so? Don't hold your breath on that. There's no way. So it's like, yeah, like, you know, uh, lacrosse is just more important than my kid's faith. Hockey is just kind of kind of priority. Hockey's the, the the greatest pearl. It's it's the buried treasure. No, they don't they don't say that because that sounds crazy, right? How could I how could I express that in front of my kid that hockey is more important than practicing and living out your faith? That seems kind of nuts. It's like what are they thinking? What are those parents thinking? Like when that kid, maybe two or three years from now, or maybe a couple of years from now, when it hits the fan, something bad happens to that kid, you think hockey's gonna help? You think their lacrosse career is gonna give them hope and meaning? It's like, you are so not preparing your kid by having utterly screwed up priorities. Hey, take a page from the, the Mannings or Tim Tebow or the Gospel. You know that camp? It's completely free. You don't have to pay a nickel to go to it. It's funded by one guy that I know. He's a friend of mine. And he's very successful. Very wealthy guy. Grew up in an absolutely middle-class Long Island town and family, but he's done really well. But he knows this, There's no, there is nothing more important than God. He's the pearl. Jesus is the pearl. Jesus is the treasure. And if we can use softball, baseball, basketball, whatever, to help kids realize that, I'll write the check and I'll pay for the camp. He gets it, he got it. What's your treasure? Who's your pearl? Here's the goal, make it Jesus.